Yes. Ah, yes. I couldn't agree more. What a, what a beautiful and fulfilling feeling it is to be back. Organic Poison Podcast. <clears throat> Sickest in the South. You know, decent podcast to tune into. Whatever the fuck in the middle. Uh, look, man. Last week's episode was great. I enjoyed it. Or yeah, uh, it was wonderful. Uh, so I figured I would hey, calm down, homie. You know what I'm saying? Calm down a little bit because you know it's only people. No, I'm just joking. Uh, I have this podcast that I'm wanting to do. Not a new show, but uh, I want to have some people on where we talk about, like you know, take suggestions as far as some topics go. And uh, something that I've noticed that everyone is into, except for me. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not into it. We've talked about it. We've had a couple episodes on this podcast dedicated to it. But pro wrestling. Like, why is it that I see, I feel like, how am I just, you know, I try to keep up with football. You know, I try, I say I try to keep up. I like football. And I keep up with football to a, you know, a relative extent. But, like, there's also, you know, other games that people play out there, like pro wrestling and pro games that people play. And pro wrestling, to me, seems awesome, but, like, it also seems fake. So, in my head, I have the the turmoil between, like, yeah, I like the drama part of it. Uh, You know, Days of Our Lives was fake, so I don't see any reason why men can't at least, like, watch wrestling and be like, yeah, you know, this is cool. You know, like, and follow the timelines and keep up with the drama and all that good jazz. So, I don't know. I, I find myself uh, increasingly more interested, but I also get really interested when I hear my uh, compadres talk about it. So I'm going to have an episode of Organic Poison where I just have the guys come on for an hour and a half, two hours, something like that, and we're just going to talk about football. Not f- <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, pro wrestling, because apparently pro wrestling is the shit. Uh, to a lot of people, and it would just be cool to have these guys come on. I actually wouldn't th- wouldn't think it would be a bad idea if any of the three people that I'm trying to have on would start their own pro wrestling podcast. I promise that I would listen to it every week. If they did an episode, if they did a you know episodes, you know once a week, I would definitely listen to each episode. Uh, and even if I didn't, I'm going to tell them that I would because I like the idea of more people starting podcasts. Uh, a question that I always ask people, you know, hey man, so if, you know, you know, these guys at the gas station, uh, I think that they are, you know, at least one of them, he seems like he's kind of wanting to start getting into doing podcasting. And I think that's great. I think that's awesome. I'm excited when I hear him talk about it. Uh, I, that sounds random because I say these guys at the gas station, I don't know their names, but I've talked to him about podcasting a couple of times. And, uh, he actually was telling me about some software to, uh, utilize uh, a soundboard, and man, let me tell you what, if I got a soundboard, it's hell, we're coming, with all the hell raising with the soundboard, uh, especially whenever there's a frequent guest, like say Xander's on, oh my gosh, uh, terrorism, just pure and absolute terrorism, uh, I say all of that to say that, uh, yeah, so I mean, I always ask people, like, if you were to start a podcast, what would it be about? And, you know, they'll always say something. You know, they'll always have something. People are like, oh, I don't know. They get put on the spot. You know, what does it take to start a podcast? Or what if I wanted to start a podcast? If you had a podcast, what would it be about? That should be your first question. 
You should figure that out. And this is coming from somebody who I don't know shit about shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm just talking. But I think that uh, I think that that's a good question. And, you know, people will say all kinds of things. And somebody's like, well, what are you into? You know, if they can't, I can't think of anything. Oh, okay, well, what are you into? And then they tell you that they're into, you know, Guatemalan horse races. Like, well, I, I mean, I, I don't really know personally very much about Guatemalan horse races. But, like, let's just say if I whipped out my handy-dandy phone right here and Guatemala horse racing, okay, on Google. They're off. Drunken horse racing in Guatemala, 2015, this article is, uh, from Atlas Obscura. I'm sure this is from a different country, but... During drunken horse races in the town of Chiabal in Guatemala, some riders are so inebriated they have to have their hands tied to the saddle, which for some it is not enough. Jesus Christ. While the practice of drunkenly racing horses may seem cruel to both man and beast, the Mayans living in high-altitude villages in Guatemala, Sierra de de los Cacodomotas Mountains, consider the sport to be an important expression of their culture, like bullfighting, but with more even playing field between human and animal, though deaths of both have occurred. Jeez. Okay, so Guatemalan horse racing. This is Guatemalan drunken horse racing. That's lit. Uh, What country is the best at horse racing? I don't know. Japan. That's not. Okay. Uh, look inside Guatemala's Mayan tradition of drunken horse racing. Drunken horse races of Guatemala. Yeehaw, Guatemala's epic Drunk Day of the Dead Festival. Horse racing in Central America. There we go. Apparently, motherfuckers like getting their horses drunk or getting drunk and riding horses. If you're a horse racing fan, this time of year, April, May, June, is the best time to be alive. You have a plethora of major competitions and meetings taking place around now. In the UK, there's a Grand National in early April, Newmarket this weekend, and both the uh, Epsom Derby and Royal Ascot in June. Then in the US, United, US, U.S. states, the United States, there's the biggest horse racing event in the world, the Kentucky Derby, set to get underway next weekend, May 7th. Yes, you're a lover of the sport of kings. This time of year is fantastic. But what if you're a horse racing fan in Central America? Is there anything going on in this part of the world? What horse racing traditions exist down there? As long as, have, as, long as humans have been riding horses, it's fair to say that they've been racing them. Early accounts of horse racing date back to the original ancient Greek Olympics. But it wasn't until the 18th century that the model we recognize now came into being in England. Since then, the British exported the sport all over the world, including parts of Central America. Let's take a look and see where... Let's take a look and see where horse racing is popular in that region. Horse racing, horse racing in Belize. It's no surprise that the biggest horse racing country in Central America is Belize. It's the only country in the region that was part of the British Empire. British Empire. Horse racing came to Belize in the 1920s and is now popular pastime, forming part of culture of the country, especially over the Christmas and New Year period. Boxing Day Racing. Boxing Day Racing is now a staple in Belizean life. Well, son of a bitch. Now they got Panama. Come on, let's get down to Guatemala. Where is it at? Horse racing elsewhere in Central America. Guatemala. Okay. 
Anyway, if you wanted to talk about Guatemalan horse races, you could do a podcast on it. Maybe make a series out of it. It's like, like don't stick with it. Like, if you did, like, a multiple five-part series of, like, different random things, it could be equestrian-type things, like horse riding and what have you. One of your mini-series for that, you know, one of your seasons for that series could be about Guatemala, drunken Guatemalan horse racing or racing in Central America. You can literally Google it. If you think, I mean, assuming if a person was going to start a podcast about Guatemalan horse racing, they would have a little bit more, you know, context they'd care a little bit more than say i do uh about the sport but you know it could be norwegian horse racing i mean you never know what somebody could be into and that fact right there is exactly why i always encourage people you should start a podcast especially you know i I think that people who are quiet typically you could get on a podcast and talk your shit, bro. Look, I found something out, and I'm definitely going to have this conversation when I have someone on here with me. But I want to, th- if you've stuck with me this far, shout out to you, okay? Uh, but listen, I, I found out, like, you know, over, I, I'm fine, starting to find out, I've just been oblivious, and this is, sounds crazy. I'm not trying to be that guy. And if this, uh, if this relates to you, then okay, we got to do something. But apparently there are people who are actually, there's a lot more people out there that are 30 years old and have never gotten laid. Like I'm talking about never. Never so much as had your Peter touched by someone else. Hang on just a second. Let's see, 30-year-old virgins. Okay. Helpful advice for a 30-year-old virgin. Man, is it rare to be a 30-year-old virgin? Here we go. You may be surprised to know that according to the CDC and Prevention Report, 4.8% of women between the ages of 25 and 29 have never had sex, and 4.4% for men Okay, yeah. 2.4% of women and 3.3% of men between the ages of 30 and 34 are virgins, as are 1.5% of women and 1.6%. Uh, what? Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's not really that many people. But, like, it seems like that might be more common, though. What does it feel like to be a 30-year-old virgin? <laughs> oh, my God. Let's see. Let's see, are there more 30-year-old virgins? Are there more or less 30-year-old virgins? Okay, pardon my... uh, After age 25, fewer global adults are virgins. 18% of adults, 25 to 29... 9% 9% of adults in their 30s, 6% of adults in their 40s. Okay, so that's not that many people. Oh, wow. In 2019, it says the amount of men under 30 not having sex has nearly tripled in the past decade. Dang. With male virginity rates near 30%. This is what's real and what's not. I just read this thing right here. But it says right here with male virginity rates near 30% in the U.S. for age 18 30 range what impact will this have on okay well i don't care about all that but that's crazy i'm not necessarily worried about i mean you know if you can't if you're not trying to have a kid don't be having a kid but like 
And also, I will say this also, with religious exemptions, with religious exemptions, like, I know that some people, for the sake of their, like, religion or their beliefs or whatever, they ain't trying to be fucking unless they get married. Totally understandable. Do your thing. But I am a little shocked. You know, it's crazy to think, like, there's somebody out there for everybody, right? I mean, whether it be, like, a, a lifelong partner or, like, having somebody to hook up with, right? What is it What is it that, and I'm not, I'm not, like, one of these people that's, like, a, uh, a motivational speaker for men. I just can't, I cannot fathom someone going 30 years of their life without having uh, sexual relations with someone else, whether it be a woman or a man or anything in between, anything other than uh, your dog or something like that, or your couch, shout out. Uh, so that's that's crazy to me. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know where to start. But I'm thinking to myself: find your most confident friend and be like, "Hey, bro, I'm about to confide in you in some serious shit, and I need you to help me figure out what it is I've got to do to get laid." And I'm going to go ahead and tell you: I think that most people probably who would make it that far. Uh, just think that it would be too complicated or they have like a fear of rejection or something like that, there's a world out there, my friend, that you, you as they say, touch grass. I'm telling you, uh, times are different. Um, you know, you, you definitely can't come on too heavy, but you need to find your confident friend and have them talk to you about it. Don't just listen to some dweeb on the internet that tells you that like women are like demon spawns and that's why they won't fuck you. Because, like, that's the kind of shit that be having people, like, you know, shooting shit up and stuff like that. Speaking of which, I'm pretty sure that there was actually just a major shooting uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, mass shooting. Uh, I guess this was in Florida. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Jacksonville gunman in racially motivated attack legally bought two weapons earlier this year. Dollar General shooting in what we know. Dang, that's crazy. It's really sad. I guess it was some racist shit, too. I heard about it today, but I didn't actually look into it. Seven injured in a mass shooting at Caribbean Festival in Boston. Uh, rival gangs, Boston Festival near mass shooting plagued by gun violence. New details emerge in Boston shooting. Okay, well, I guess there was another shooting. Uh, that's crazy. Anyway, uh, yeah, so you don't want to be that guy. Go get laid, man. People who figured out figure out that they can get laid don't do shit like that. I'm willing to guarantee you. I mean, that's probably not entirely true. But, like, you ain't going to have nobody write no manifest. A guy who's getting laid enough, unless the person that he is, you know, having this type of relations with is just as crazy as what he could potentially be, uh, probably ain't going to be turned into no shooter like that. Man, he ain't got time to be writing no manifesto. You, I mean, you get your Peter Puff one time, like just once, and then you're going to be like, dude, I'm about to go make some music. I'm about to go make a podcast. Yeah, I'm about to go like kick a soccer ball, like, or, you know, start a chess club, anything, but turn into a psychotic fucking murderer uh, is actually, that's, that's great. Anything that keeps you from turning into a psychotic murderer is great, even if that includes fucking your couch. But, yeah, man, I don't know. It's crazy. I just, you know, hearing that there's more people than you know, like, than you would think. And in all fairness, it's like, I guess it's someone's sex life is not any of my business. But if you made it to 45 and you still haven't, you know, 
done anything like that, then I'm going to wish I would have just gone out on a limb and made it my business. Like, honestly, like, I would hate that for anyone to make it to 30. I mean, unless that's what you want, unless that's, unless it's by design, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm definitely not trying to, I mean, you're still missing out, but by all means, I would encourage you to continue to abstain, but, ooh, I can't imagine. If, you know, whatever it is, if you're lying to yourself, now, you always need to know, am I lying to myself? Am I just saying that I'm uninterested? Are you interested? You're just like, there's A, B, C, or D as to why you're not. You, You should figure that out, man. Find your confident friend. Don't find your overly confident friend that's an asshole that's gonna be like outing you. Find the one you could trust. Some find that balance between the confidence and the, you know, whatever. Because I imagine that that's not something that would be easy to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, it's all good though, you know. Just figure it out. We'll talk about we'll talk about that more, I guess, uh, later on at some other point in time. But that's just wild to me. I hate that. We we got to do something about that. Come on, man, cheer up. We got to do something about that. Don't be in your thirties without getting laid, unless that's what you really want. Uh, so I'm sure that at some point this week, you guys, uh, heard about, or this past week, you guys heard about Trump. He got, you know, went in and turned himself in in Georgia and got a fucking mugshot, right? So mugshot looks pretty cool, I guess. Uh, I'm not saying that because we think Trump is just the coolest guy in the world. I'm just saying like, you can literally type in mugshot and I, let's see, the first five things that pull up is Donald Trump and his people's getting their mugshots. I'm thinking about throwing this fucking mugshot, black and white, or just black, on a white shirt, and uh, and putting at the top of it, punk ain't dead. I mean, think about it, punk rock is not dead. <laughs> it's like, it's the craziest, like, I'm going to read this little article first, and then I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you why I say that. Uh, the headline reads, Trump campaign raises $7.1 million following historic Georgia mugshot. Uh, Donald Trump's election campaign says it has raised $7.1 million since his police mugshot was taken at a prison in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. It would be more like a county jail, I believe, but on Thursday. Much of the money comes from merchandise such as mugs, t-shirt, and drink coolers bearing the former president's scowling face. Mr. Trump was released on bail, charged with plotting to overturn the state's 2020 election results. He faces three other indictments as he campaigns for a 2024 U.S. election. They include two related to his false claims that the election was stolen and that the attack by his followers on the Capitol in Washington. Mr. Trump denies all the charges and argues the cases against him are politically motivated because he is leading the race for Republican nomination to challenge Democratic Party incumbent President Joe Biden. The attention seems to have galvanized his supporters, and he has raised almost $20 million in three weeks since his indictments in Georgia and the Capitol riots cases. On Friday, immediately after his arrest in Georgia, he raised $4.18 million, said to be his highest figure in 24-hour period in the campaign so far. As well as selling merchandise from his online store, the campaign has been messaging supporters asking for help. And on Thursday, Mr. Trump himself posted on X, formerly known as Twitter, for the first time since January 2021, sharing the mugshot with the caption, Election Interference, Never Surrender, and the address of his website. This came after the former president was photographed at Fulton County Jail. See? It wasn't a prison. uh, Where he surrendered to law enforcement and paid $200,000 to be released as... He awaits trial. 
uh, <laughs> what are you going to do with that? You know? Uh, what are you going to do with that? I mean, the guy uh, is slowly gaining more and more and more and more and more and more. Uh... <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, you know, I mean, he's the most popular candidate for the Republicans, and it seems to be getting, you know, bigger. And we say Republicans. Uh, it's not just about Republicans and Democrats anymore, obviously. There's so many people that have been forced to become involved in political uh, shit, uh, <laughs> good, bad, or anything in between. Most of it's bad. I mean, most of it honestly just feels like a plight on society. But here we are. Here we are partaking in... Uh... Yo, what the hell? I just watched a video of... It looks like Kanye West is getting head from his girlfriend on a boat. He definitely is. That's definitely what's happening. That definitely was what was happening, without a doubt. Cheeks out on deck on the boat in the middle of broad daylight is insane. He had his butt cheeks out. He was sitting on this boat. This is crazy. That's nuts. Kanye, somebody got a picture of Kanye's new wife giving him head on a boat in the middle of Italy somewhere. That is insane. Kanye West always finds a way. Uh, speaking of Kanye West, Donald Trump. I mean, look, how, you don't get more punk rock than this, okay? Uh, definition of punk rock. Let's see. Let's do this. Slang. <laughs> this is actually hilarious. Slang. Something or someone worthless or unimportant. That is what the punk definition is. A loud, fast-moving, and aggressive form of rock music popular in the late 1970s and early 1980s. Punk had turned pop music, turned pop music and its attendant, attendant culture on its head. Uh, you think any of these punks they got fighting today could stand up to Joe Lewis? Okay, well, I was trying to make a point here, but... Uh, Let's see, let's see. What did punk mean in the 70s? Punk as a subculture was a rebellion against social conditions on the 1970s through its openly conf confrontational and aggressive style and aesthetics. What does it mean to be punk in a bad way? Usually a gangster, a hoodlum, or a ruffian. What makes a person punk? The punk ethos comprises beliefs such as nonconformity, anar anarchism, anti-authoritarianism, anti-corporation, a do-it-yourself ethic, anti-consumerist, anti-corporate greed, direct action, and not selling out. Donald Trump's punk rock, dude. I mean, he, he has, you know, he's definitely got some of these things here, you know, this whole corporatism thing. I think he probably fits into that. But, I mean, what does he, what does he exist for now? He's like a, he literally is a sign for, like, previous punk rock cultures. He's not because if you just look at him and what he's come from and he's kind of a weasel. But like there's never been a bigger F you to the establishment. Despite the fact it's almost like he wants what he can't have. So instead he just, you know, any enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of gig. Why do people call people punks? Currently, according to the, a young person, okay, let's see, yeah, second meaning is inexperienced man who is a sexual partner of an older man. Oh my God, okay. Yeah, it says, why do, you people, why do people call people punks? Currently, according to the American Heritage College Dictionary, 
Punk has several meanings. The first meaning is a young person, especially a member of a rebellious counterculture group. A second meaning is an inexperienced man who is a sexual partner of an older man. So, okay. Yep. (laughs) That's crazy. Uh, What is the punk lifestyle? Aggression, frustration, sneering sarcasm, and all of it loud. Everyone too know everyone too knows the look of punk. Everyone too knows the look of punk. Statement haircuts, ripped clothing, badges, metalwork, makeup and leather to its makers in and its audience. Punk was the cultural identity of anger, disenfranchisement, and rebellion. How the fuck does a billionaire become the face of punk? I mean, literally, I bet most punk rockers that you know that let you know that they're punk rock probably agree with everything almost that, like, the Democrats do or that are in office, the establishment. They agree with most of the narrative things that they would put out. And I'm not saying narrative in, like, a conspiracy way, but the things that they're all down with, you know, the the people, the punk rockers, they agree with it, with the exception of money. The government just doesn't do it as much as they want them to. They're feeding them a little bit right now. I digress. You know, it's a bit of a reach. We've talked about it on this podcast before, but I mean, honestly, there's never been a bitter, a bigger middle finger to the American establishment when it comes to the elites in the government as there is Donald Trump. Uh, I think the dude is a puke. He's kind of a bitch. Uh, he uh, is obviously using his... Uh, he's using the fact that he has pool... Um, to get himself out of a bunch of bullshit that he has pretty much got himself into. But uh, the only reason these people are going as hard at him about any of this is because they don't want him to be the president because of what he stands for. Uh, I don't know if it was his intention when he first ran for office to stand for the shit that he stands for, but here he is. And uh, the pedestal is built. I mean, I'm curious to see where it goes. I want to throw his face on the front of a shirt, and I wanted to say... Fucking punk ain't dead. Just to see, you know. I mean, I'm pretty sure there'd be a handful of people who'd buy it. People see the waves. And, I mean, like I said, sorry, I'm fighting off a cat right now. The guy's a dick. The guy was a bill. I mean, I'm assuming he's still a billionaire. But, uh, you know, he he kind of pulled back the, the curtain for a lot of shit with politics. I'm curious to see where it goes. He might end up... I don't necessarily know that I would like for him to be president again, though. That's the problem. Because, I mean, the pendulum always swings, right? I've been talking about this on this podcast for forever, but, like, what happens whenever the power stick gets back in the other hands? We, everybody, you know, so many people are like, oh, I think that the Democrats are... I think that the current, uh, you know, government should do this, this, and this to make sure that... These people and or Donald Trump don't ever get to do this and this and this. What happens whenever those other people that like when we were kids, we were like really adamant about not having the power to do that. I don't want anyone in the government to have the kind of power that they have right now. The shit that I was talking about this with a coworker of mine. You know, he was he said that he didn't uh, said he didn't, you know, didn't know anything about that. Talking about the Twitter files. The federal government being in touch with social medias and stuff like the social media uh, companies and shit like that, telling people what to censor and all this other stuff, that shit's weird. Because you didn't know, if, if, if Elon Musk didn't buy Twitter, you would never even know that that was a thing. You would never know. Now, most of people don't give a fuck. 
But I'm just saying, the fact that these people can actually manipulate shit the way... I'm, I get so tired of hearing people be like, well, you know, they're probably doing that and more, and they just shake it off like it ain't no big deal. That's kind of a big fucking deal. <laughs> like, it's minute, but if you don't know anything about the Twitter files, like Google it. I encourage you to look into it. Please, for your for yourself. Do it for yourself. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like, there, it's stuff like that. It's like, you know, Edward Snowden was a thing uh, when we were younger. And we were like, man, this is crazy. This guy exposed a lot. Did you ever check up? Any of you guys ever check up and see what he was up to or anything he ended up saying after all that? You should look into it. I mean, the guy is, I mean, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, like, oh, he's some hero or anything. But it's just like the fact that when people pull back the curtain, we acknowledge it. And we're like, man, that's so fucked up. And we never care about what people say about this kind of shit anymore. Except for when it comes up that it's a problem again. And then when it comes up and it's a problem again. People, like, I, I want to start, like, if I'm going to encourage people to vote for someone, I'm going to be like, hey, what do you think about this? And when they're like, oh, man, you know, I think that fucking Julian Assange and uh, Edward Snowden are both criminals, so everything they say, fuck them. You know, or something like that. It doesn't always have to be some, like, crazy Alex Jones-level conspiracy theory. Sometimes people, the government does fucked up shit, and we should make sure that that kind of stuff doesn't happen. It's invasive. Like, we, they talk about how we, we need inflation, and we have to pay more taxes, and all this other bullshit. You know, I get it. I understand. Do you realize the amount of money that goes to people who just work in the government, that, like, work for the government? Why don't we have a smaller federal government and we can spend more money on our communities and more money on shit that, like, you know, helps a country thrive or helps a community thrive? You know, people talk about how we don't, we're, oh, we're going to run out of social security funds. People's retirements are going to be gone, like all this other shit in, like, the 30s. And it's like, oh, well, I've got an idea. How about instead of, you know, like, giving people poor education or some shit like that or taking money away from schools or, you know, all these different things. How about you fucking, like, <laughs> shrink the government? Make the government smaller. We don't need all these things that just continue to perpetuate the burning of money. And I'm not even referring to inflation. Let's just say no COVID happened and we were still on an upward trend. We'd be on an upward trend even better if we didn't have so many fucking people that worked in government. How many government employees do you think there are? I'm sure we need some of them. I don't think that we need to fire all of them. How many federal... Let's see. Get away from me, cat. Sorry. Federal government employees are there. Let's see. Holy shit. U.S. number of government employees 1982 to 2022. In 2022, around 19.20 Three million people were working for the st for state and local governments in the United States. This is much higher than the number of federal government civilian uh, federal government civilian employees, which stood at two point eight seven million people in that year. Is federal government the largest employer? As the nation's largest employer, the federal government must model effective employment policies and practices that advance America's ideal ideal of equal opportunity for all 
fill that. What percentage of workers are federal employees? That's about 1.5% of the nearly 100, 133 million workers uh, counted in all industries in the United States. But total federal employment varies depending on which workers are counted. That's crazy. Including members of the armed forces, the executive branch employs more than 4 million Americans. Jesus shit, man. What state has the most federal employees? How hard is it to work for the federal government? How many federal employees are military? Shit. That's a lot of motherfucking people. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I just feel like you could shrink that down. That's a lot of money to be paying. That's a lot of money, people to have on payroll. But I also think of like people who's like, there's some people that are like, probably like caseworkers and they do all kinds of things that aren't necessarily like just waste. But how much of of that is waste? I mean, let's see. Let's say if you pay on average, federal employees get paid $50,000 a year. Okay, let's just average that out like that. $50,000 a year, okay? So what is what is 50,000 times 1.5 million? Okay, so 1.5 million times 50,000. That can't be right. Okay, so that's 7500000000. Zero, 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 zero. So what is that number? What the fuck? I don't even know what that number is. Is that 750 billion? I mean, it's got to be. It can't be 750 million, right? It is. 700. <laughs> Let's see. 50,000 times 1.5 million. 750 million. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. See, I was tripping there. I guess I, maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe one of you guys, but it's it just copied and did. Yeah, okay. Powerball, jackpot, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so yeah, seven hundred and fifty million dollars a year for a hundred and for one point five million. So that's only almost a billion dollars. So it's let's just say on average it's about a billion dollars plus to pay all the federal employees fifty thousand dollars a year, and that's an average. So you know there's obviously people getting paid a lot more money than that, uh, but there's probably people getting paid a little bit less than that. But fifty thousand dollars a year is not that much money if you move up north. Um, I mean the president gets paid like four hundred thousand a year, I think. Um, I don't know the the country. The U.S. GDP, and I don't know what GDP is. Uh, I don't know what that stands for, but God, shit, it goes going up a lot of money. Well, I don't know how much it's supposed to be. Gross domestic product, a comprehensive measure of U.S. economic activity. GDP measures the value of the final goods and services produced in the U.S. Oh, so it's kind of like our net worth. <laughs> 
Kind of, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I guess that should just be going crazy. Um, yeah, it doesn't really matter. I guess the... Jesus, this says $230 trillion. How much money does the government have? <laughs> That's a better question. How much money does the government government have? Let's see. America's finance guy. There's no way that there's like an answer to this question. Let's see. How much does the government spend and where does the money go? I'm sorry I'm taking y'all down a rabbit hole tonight. How much does the government spend and where does the money go? How does this affect the national debt? The federal government collected $5 trillion in revenue fiscal year 2022 or 15000 per person. The federal government spent $6.5 trillion in fiscal year 2022 or 19400 something per person, including funds distributed to states. Federal revenue increased 14% in 2022 after collecting more personal income taxes, social security taxes, and auctioning spectrum for commercial wireless and broadcast issue, uh, use. Uh, federal spending decreased 12% in 2022 after remaining relatively flat in 2021. The federal government spent 28% more than it collected in 2022, resulting in a... $1.45 trillion deficit. The national debt hit $30 trillion last fiscal year. Fiscal year, excuse me. The federal government collected it, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, all I just read all those little things that are like major talking points for this article. And I got to tell you, man, they all sound to contradict each other. <laughs> but Because uh, I don't know much about how any of that shit works. But I do know that a uh, billion dollars really ain't shit on five trillion, I guess. Uh, still a lot of money whenever you think about the fact that I'm pretty sure we spend like one point something trillion on our, I should have had all this stuff pulled up if I'd have known I was going to talk about it. I need to have somebody to come on the podcast and talk to me about how much money we spend on the military every year and if it's too much. I mean, there's no, really no telling, but, um, look, I'm going to, uh, go ahead and let you guys go. I appreciate y'all for tuning in to this episode. I'm going to try to do another short little episode like this later this week and uh, put it out for y'all. You know, on the weeks that I don't have a guest, I'll just start doing two episodes for you. How does that sound? We'll meet in the middle. Uh, but I am going to try to have, for next week's episode, I'm going to try to do that wrestling episode. So if you guys are uh, interested in tuning in, make sure you do to dvbehaviorradio.com every Tuesday at 7 p.m. We're going to try to keep having new episodes. I'm on a roll, trying to get on a roll, stay on a roll, 10 weeks. Got some music coming out. It's going to be lit. Uh, you never know. I might drop a punk song for Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not going to be for Donald Trump. But I might take that. Punk Ain't Dead. I'm going to make me a song called Punk Ain't Dead. How's that? That'll do. Uh, and the uh, look, uh, Hillian Hideout Podcast, be sure to go check that out. We're uh, working on some new tunes over there. And me and Clark Wayne are working on some music as well. Look, I'm going to drop some solo stuff, and I'm going to let it to be the fire underneath all these other guys' asses to let them know that it's our time. Now is our time. Now. Now. Uh, I say all that to say, appreciate you guys for tuning in. Listen, uh, before we get out of here, I would be remiss if I didn't mention in the, uh, you know, the on the podcast, they have the uh, description for each episode. In the description, I am putting uh, some links to some accounts 
for you guys to, uh, if you guys want to support the podcast, you can do so right now uh, between now and October 24th because I am going on vacation with my family and I want to use the podcast to make my gas money. So you guys can donate a dollar, you can donate a hundred dollars, you can donate literally seventeen million dollars if you set what was it seven hundred and fifty million dollars. Uh, you can donate that. That's fine, and uh, I'll I'll give some back to a non-government employee. How's that sound? Uh, yeah, we need to shrink the government. Uh, that's a great idea. But uh, yeah, I got Cash App on there, uh, Venmo, PayPal, uh, and if you know you you want to give me some money, but you want me to give you a shout out on the podcast, hit me up. Let me know. You got a uh, your own podcast or your own music or. You got a, a business or something? Let me know, man. Sling me some, uh, sling me some dough, and let me know. I mean, you really—if you want me to give you a shout out, you don't even have to give me any money. But you just—I would prefer it if you did. We could make that exchange. You want me to do a couple episodes and talk about your car wash? I'll do it, man. You got a new single coming out? Lost to put that shit at the beginning of the episode. How's that sound? Uh, I got in trouble for. Uh, putting famous people's shit on my podcast. So now I just make the intros and the outros. It's fun. I just make them right here in app. It's great. It's wonderful. Uh, but yeah, anyway, thank you guys for staying tuned and thank you for being a part of the organic poison universe. Take this podcast, share it with your friends. If this is your first episode, go back and listen to previous episodes. You guys are awesome. And uh, yeah, I hope you all have a great week. And don't forget, also, every Thursday on DeviantBehaviorRadio.com at 9 p.m., we do Toxic Tunes and Trends. It's 30 minutes of tunes and 30 minutes of trends. You never know what we're playing on there, but I promise we are raging. Uh, and if you're listening on DeviantBehaviorRadio.com right now, save it in your phone and listen to all the other shit on here. Listen to it throughout the week. Turn it on at work. All that other good shit. Y'all have a good one. Good night. Farewell. Good morning. Yeah. Imagine what this would sound like on drugs.